five, six, seven, eight. Break a leg. Hi. We'll be your guides. We'll be your G-U-I-D-E-S to the end of this podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Jocelyn. And if you haven't guessed what this episode of Break Leg Babble is about, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> this week, part three of our Stagey Spook series, we are headed to the netherworld as we talk about all things Beetlejuice. All things except saying his name three times. <laughs> We were so lucky to catch this special show on our trip to New York City last year, and we were devastated when it closed early due to the theater shutdown. The show is still scheduled to tour as of right now, so hopefully the ghost with the most will be coming to a theater near you very soon. So let's dive in. Following a plotline similar to the original film, the musical focuses on the recently deceased Adam and Barbara Maitland, who turn to bio-exorcist Beetlejuice when their former home is inhabited by the wealthy Dietz family. The Maitlands begin to haunt the house, hoping to scare away the newcomers. The two ghosts quickly form an unexpected bond with Lydia Dietz, a teenage girl mourning the loss of her mother. Beetlejuice works to aid the three in hopes that he can convince Lydia to summon him by saying his name three times. As we mentioned before, Beetlejuice is based off the 1988 film of the same name, directed by Tim Burton with a story and screenplay by Larry Wilson, Michael McDowell, and Warren Scarin, and featured an all-star cast. Michael Keaton took on the role of Beetlejuice with Winona Ryder as the strange and unusual Lydia. The supporting cast features a dreamy Alec Baldwin as Adam opposite Gina Davies as Barbara, with the fabulous Catherine O'Hara as Delia and Jeffrey Jones as Charles. Beetlejuice went on to become a smashing success, grossing $73.7 million despite the initial budget of $15 million. The film won an Academy Award for Best Makeup and became the 10th highest grossing film of 1988. The movie now holds the status as a cult classic and has inspired video games, an animated series, and of course, a Broadway musical. Work on the musical began in 2016, and by 2017 it was announced that the following creatives would be joining director Alex Timbers. Scott Brown and Anthony King would be writing the book, and Eddie Perfect would be providing the music and lyrics. The musical went on to have three readings and two workshops featuring Alex Brightman as Beetlejuice, Sophia Ann Caruso as Lydia, Carrie Butler as Barbara, and Rob McClure as Adam. The show also included scenic design by David Corins, costume design by William Ivy Long, lighting by Kenneth Posner, sound by Peter Hylinski, production design by Peter Negrini, puppet design by Michael Curry, and special effects by Jeremy Chernick, with illusions by Michael Weber. After an out-of-town tryout at the National Theatre in Washington, D.C. in October 2018, Beetlejuice opened on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theatre on April 25, 2019. The original Broadway cast included Brightman, Caruso, Butler, and McClure from the original workshops, as well as Leslie Kritzer, right? As well as Leslie Kritzer in the role of Delia and Adam Denizer as Charles. Beetlejuice closed its doors on March 10th, 2020, when Broadway shut down due to COVID-19. Unfortunately, due to the contract with the Winter Garden Theatre, the show had been scheduled to close on June 6th, with some discussion around moving the production to a different theatre. As the shutdown dragged on, the show's closing date passed, leaving it with a Broadway run of 27 previews and 366 regular performances. 
However, this is not the end of Beetlejuice. A national tour had been announced for 2021, and hopefully the show will find a new Broadway home and the tour will launch when it is safe again. It was also just announced today that Beetlejuice is officially heading to South Korea. The Korean language version is set to premiere at Seoul's Sejong Arts Center in June 2021. So let's talk about our experiences seeing Beetlejuice the Musical on Broadway. I grew up a massive Tim Burton fan, like out of this world obsessed with all things Tim Burton when I was a child. So when I found out Beetlejuice was being turned into a musical, first of all, I was like, huh, that's interesting. I know we had the the show at Universal Studios and that kind of felt very theatrical, almost musical-like so that that to me was like, okay, so it could work. It definitely could work if we get the right person. And then being a longtime fan of Alex Brightman, I was like, oh my God, they got the right person. So then Jocelyn and I were discussing what shows to see when we went to New York City together. And I was like, we should go see Beetlejuice because I was loving the clips that were posted for previews already and I was trying to get her into it (laughs) basically we were walking around Times Square and we were like let's just do it let's go see Beetlejuice so we go to the box office at the Winter Garden and we go to the ticket booth and the I guess there was a rehearsal going on because we could hear from inside the theater singing from on stage so I guess there was something going on it wasn't a show I don't think there wasn't a matinee that day no because it was uh Thursday Thursday Friday what day was it very good question what day is today I don't even know it was a Thursday it was Thursday Thursday, yeah yeah there wasn't a matinee yeah (laughs) so we go and um we're at the box office and the the ticket the salesperson was like well you could sit up here and I'm trying to convince my mom and Jocelyn that we need to sit in the second row I don't know why we didn't I like I still don't really know why we honestly I was confused I think because we were in row V and I thought he was saying okay that made sense so I thought we were still going to be closer but just more to the center. So I was like, duh, why right. wouldn't we do that? <laughs> in my defense, I was a little, I was pretty distracted because I'd never been in a Broadway <laughs> theater before. But that's why. That's that's why I was saying, well, why wouldn't we do that? It's cheaper and we're right. still close. And we'll see better. And we ended up actually being the last row in orchestra, which I, yeah, it was, it was a, a really seat. good seat. I have never been the last row in orchestra, but I find the Winter Garden closer than any other house on Broadway. Hmm. It has good sight lines. Yeah, it's very good. I love the Winter Garden. I could go on about it all day, but I won't. I'll, I'll spare you this time. <laughs> <laughs> but this basic, time. Yeah, this time when we do an episode about Broadway houses, I'll babble on about it. <laughs> we got all dressed up in our striped dresses and shirts and all that jazz, and we walk into the theater And it is like a spooky disco party. Truly, it was insane. (laughs) The lighting, there was smoke coming out of the stage, right? It was, or the curtain on stage. I forget, but it was like crazy cool. There was spooky music playing as well. Yeah, it had like this underscoring going on. It was so cute. Yeah. And then 
I had found out through Instagram that you can get a sticker for your playbill at the merch table. So I was like, Jocelyn, you have to go get a My First Broadway Show sticker to put on your playbill. <laughs> I was like, this is so special. Um, and we just, we went to go sit down in our seats after that. And I mean, from the second it started, you are just glued. Mm. You are taken into that world. It was like nothing I've ever seen before in a theater. It almost felt like watching a movie, which is like so dumb to say, but they just had so many effects that it, it didn't feel like it could be happening right then and there. Do you know what I mean? It's so true because I remember just kind of like, it's one of those shows where you never really know where to look no. because there's so much going on with effects, but right. like in a good way. I was like, this is magic. Theater right? magic, baby. Yeah. And they brought out the sandworm and I was like losing my mind. It's humongous. And then not to mention they have this massive, it was like um, Beetlejuice's head yeah right it was like yeah yeah it was like his head and his yes arms. these massive puppets in the orchestra pit so like if you're in the front row that is scary as hell and then they had actors dress as beetlejuice jump into the audience off the stage i was losing my mind i mean i'm so glad we didn't get that second row ticket because i would have totally needed a depends but aha uh -huh. Oh my god! I'm just geeking out over it. It's worth geeking out over. I just, I don't think I've ever seen a show with that many incredible special effects in it. And the fact that right? they were so perfectly executed, like one after another, it was kind of like, I was kind of waiting for the next cool thing to happen. And it always yeah. came. It wasn't like, you know, some shows there's like something cool and you're like, okay, like, is there going to be another one? You're, it's, sometimes it's just a one and done. But this one, they just kept, they just kept on coming consecutively the entire show. And I think that's one of the things that made it look kind of movie-esque, as you mentioned. And also just the way that it um, immersed the entire theater by that use of bringing the puppet into the orchestra pit, having the actors running through the house, and even just the way that the lighting and mood music was from when you entered, it wasn't just like going to see a Broadway show. It was a very immersive experience. They right away said, this is the world that we're doing. This is the setup. You know, you're in it. If you don't like it, there's the door. You're either in it or you're not. And I think that that's something I'd love to see kind of in more theater houses because it just, it immerses you right away. You know what you're in for, in a sense. It's good. I love it. And honestly, I wish I knew more about technical design and lighting and puppetry to be able to truly praise the incredible artists who have worked on Beetlejuice. But I don't. I'm absolutely clueless. And so I bow to their technical prowess and expertise is just it's quite brilliant isn't it <laughs> it is it, it really is and you really got this sense of family mm. while sitting in the audience I mean everyone felt so connected and the audience you could tell the audience really loves this story this character 
that is so iconic and has been around for so many years now. Everyone was dressed in their stripes or green, and it was just, it was wonderful. It's what, it's its how theater should feel, you know? Yeah, and you know, this is what I say about jukebox musicals. I love a jukebox musical, but it's an equalizer. You know, you go into the theater with a big, you know, whether it's ABBA songs or an iconic character like Beetlejuice, you have some sort of idea of mm-hmm. what's going to transpire on stage. So even mm-hmm. if you have like your diehard fans or you have maybe people who aren't into theater who have never seen a show before, there's kind of like a, no- a general knowledge of what's going to happen. Like for me, I only watched the movie, I think a couple weeks before our trip because I didn't want to like not understand the movie, right. the musical. But even before like watching the film, I knew who Beetlejuice was. He's the weird guy in the stripy suit. So it's kind of a brilliant equalizer and the fact that it puts all audience members on the same page right away. And the sense of family that Chrissy mentioned, I think that it's a contributing factor to why the show has such a strong following and fan base. It's because not just of the status of Beetlejuice as a character, but because of all the work that has gone in to make this show feel like home. Absolutely. And not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I've been going to stage door since I was a kid on Broadway. And that was the craziest stage door I have been to in my entire life. I mean, it went it went down the whole block and it was like at least five rows of people from the gate you know what I mean from the barrier I was scared because I had never staged door to Broadway show before and it was our first like night in New York so I remember we went out to the stage door for Beetlejuice and I just remember thinking oh my god I'm never doing one of these again (laughs) because there were just so many people And even people who, like, hadn't seen the show that night, I think, because when we got out pretty quickly and there was already a huge lineup down the block, it was bananas. It's bananas. Which, if you aren't a repeat attender seeing the show the same night or having seen it the previous night and going back the next night, please, please stand either in the back of the line let the people who have seen the show stand there. This could be their only chance. That's all I want to say. It's because it, it's true. There was at least over a hundred people that night who were seeing, who saw the show like a month ago or two weeks ago, and were coming to stage door that night for no reason. Maybe because like Alex Brightman wasn't on, or someone else in the cast wasn't on that night, and they want to meet them. But that's totally cool. It's just stage door isn't. It's not in the ticket price, so you, you're you not, like, given the opportunity to meet Alex Brightman if you didn't catch him in the show. You know what I mean? So the people who did catch him that night in the show, just let them say a quick hello, autograph thing. I'm sure they'll move out of the way afterwards and you can get your chance to say hi and say, like, I saw the show, didn't catch you in it, hope to see you someday. But yeah, I just think it's fair because it was at least... I want to say over like oh, 200 people. 
I don't remember it very well because I was extremely overwhelmed. Um, but while we're on the subject of stage door, we were like three rows of people back and Carrie Butler came out. And let me tell you, Carrie Butler is the reason I let Chrissy convince me to see this show because I have been a fan of hers <laughs> for a very, very long time. She is one of my idols and she inspires me so much. And so Carrie Butler came out and I was like, how this, I was like, okay, maybe I'll just like see her from afar because, you know, people push and all that. But Chrissy grabs my playbill and she got her signed. And then she was like, Carrie was about to move on. She was like, wait, there's one more. And, and she signed it. Bless her heart. Speaking of, that is like so insane. I've never, when I'm at a stage door, if there's people behind me who are like, oh my God, I really want to get that signature. I'm a big fan. You usually see people like pass down the playbill like, oh, I'll get her to sign it. I'm in the front, whatever. These people create like a barrier holding yeah. others back. It was like really intense and really crazy. Like I said, it's such a family when you're at the stage door. Like we were lucky we got to connect with some people we hadn't met before who were seeing the show for the first time and that's what stage door is usually like and you help each other out like oh I'll, I'll grab that playbill and I'm closer to the front I'll get them to sign it for you and you pass it back and that's how it works but these people like created a freaking second barrier there blocking you and it was crazy mm -hmm. I remember that we left we left after uh we saw Carrie, Carrie. because yeah uh, it was just it was too much yeah, yeah, we were like, oh, it's not even, I would love to say you were, yeah, I, I would love to say you were fantastic, and I've been dying to meet you for so long, and I'm so happy to be here, and blah, blah, but like, it wasn't even worth it to wait, because it was scary. Yeah, so we just sent out some tweets instead. I used Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> You're great, but uh, Stage Door was crazy, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, this is God. a tangent, but one day we'll do a stage door episode of the podcast because I think we, we have some things to say. <laughs> Nowadays, I don't think stage door will ever come back, unfortunately. Not for many years, at least. But just to talk about, it's fun. I think it's a great way to connect. But we do have to go back to Beetlejuice because that's... But uh, stay tuned for an upcoming stage door <laughs> segment. So we're just going to circle back just slightly. Um, so as Chrissy said, Beetlejuice was my first Broadway show. So we went in to buy our tickets and I cried because, I, well, I was in a Broadway theater for the very first time, which uh, if you know me, the fact that I only went and saw a Broadway show last year would blow your mind. But I was here. I went. I was convinced I knew very little about Beetlejuice. I watched the movie and kind of like, I didn't really enjoy it. I liked Catherine O'Hara in the movie because she's a national treasure and a damn delight. But the rest of it didn't really, it didn't do that much for me either way. But I saw the promos. Chrissy wanted to see it. Carrie Butler was in it. That was good enough for me. So we went, I got my sticker, which... That is such an amazing thing that Broadway theaters do. So if you go in and you go to like the merch station, you say, hey, it's my first Broadway show. They give you a little sticker that and there's one for your playbill and one for your um, T-shirt or whatever you're wearing. And that's just such a cute, free souvenir to all of my new Broadway babies. 
it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. It's a great program that they do. You know, we kind of covered a lot of, you know, how amazing the show was, the feeling of it, the incredible special effects and performances. But what really got me was how deep the musical turned out to be. Uh, because the original movie, like I said, didn't do too much for me. But this adaptation for the musical, it was so full of heart. And it took this campy cult classic and gave it this really vulnerable underbelly. And it became, it wasn't just a show about death as advertised, but it was really um, a show about grief and about the grieving process and the different kinds of grief and how it can affect a family. And, you know, at the time when I saw the show, the past three or four years of my life had been saying filled with loss sounds dramatic, but that's kind of the way it was. Um, <laughs> but grief was something that I had a strong relationship and experience with coming out of that time. And I remember not only being touched so deeply by the story, but blown away with how accurately it was presented. And it was sometimes when you're struggling with grief and you're watching something that represents what you're going through, it can be difficult to watch and it can trigger negative emotions. But what I loved about Beetlejuice is it took all the horrible feelings that grief is and it kind of turned it on its ear and it celebrated it. And the ending was uplifting. It encouraged conversations about death and grief. And there's this beautiful moment, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's between Lydia and her father when they finally address uh, the passing of her mother. And then uh, Lydia sings this gorgeous song afterwards. And it's just, basically, you have to go and see the show because this part of it, I think it's too deep even for me to sit here and uh, explain it to you. But it was so unexpected within a musical comedy. And I think that's another reason why the show has gotten as big as it is. Because it's not just the campy, silly, goofy, inappropriate demon. It really looks at the grieving process and what it is to mourn and to lose and what you still have to gain. And the fact that there is humor in grief. And that is something that I firmly believe in, that humor will get you through the grieving process and eventually it will uplift you. So it was so amazing to kind of see that reflected on stage. And uh, <laughs> on a happier note, um, I will definitely be dragging all my friends and family to see this show if the tour does end up in Toronto. And I would highly recommend you see it because I promise it's a good time, even though I just talked about like the sad parts of it. <laughs> um, Anyway, moving on to a happier topic, we have some fabulous listener questions. <laughs> Woohoo! 
I love listener questions. Okay, here's the first one. What is your favorite special effect in the show? Okay, this isn't fair because there's so many and they're all brilliant. Um, but for me, the Deo scene at the, through to the end of Act One is like pure genius. Like in the film, it was pure comedic brilliance and is honestly one of the best things Catherine O'Hara has ever done. But to see it on stage with all of the technical effects and all of the actors like acting like they were possessed, right? It was just, it was so thrilling to watch, even though like you knew kind of what was going to happen if you knew the film, but like, oh my God, pure brilliance. And this isn't technically a special effect, but it's worth mentioning that Leslie Kritzer's quick change between Delia, Miss Argentina, and back again is absolute insanity. And it feels like a special effect because of how perfectly it is executed. Like, she paints herself green during a quick change. How does that happen? Amazing. Mind-blowing. Pew, pew, pew crazy okay so mine is obviously the deo scene as well it's insane love the pig love the pig i also (laughs) i also love the ensemble actors jumping off the stage and into the audience is that a special effect i don't know i love it here's another one i love again special effect or not eh, borderline loved the actors dressing as Beetlejuice, dressing as Beetlejuice and hiding like in set pieces <gasps> yeah. to camouflage themselves. That was crazy. And all of a sudden, like spotlight, spotlight, spotlight. Crazy. It was just, it was kind of like the whole show was a game of I spy. It was like, I spy with my little eye, a brilliant special effect. Oh, and of course, the staircase at the end with, um, Lydia. Yeah. Right? Okay. Crazy. Do you know how crazy a show has to be with special effects that I low-key forgot about the girl actually flying on stage? I know. Like, (laughs) that one I still can't quite fully figure out how it works. And I don't know if I want to. Okay, then I won't tell you. (laughs) Okay, don't. Because it's like, it's just too cool that I don't want to know. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I was just watching for it because, like, I knew it was going to happen. So right. I was kind of like, Me too. how did they do it? <laughs> <laughs> Here's another question. Movie or musical? Musical. A hundred percent. Musical. I've never been a fan of Tim Burton, okay? And we've talked about how I feel about the movie. But the musical does a much better job of balancing camp with humanity. And it's personal while still being wacky and fun. Mm -hmm. It's just much better written. I agree with musical. It has the better storyline, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. Who is your favorite character in the show? The Girl Scout. She's adorable. She is so cute. I love that, like, they gave her more to do in the stage show. Because she deserves it. My favorite is Barbara Maitland. 
and not just because of Carrie Butler. Um, she's my all-time favorite because, you know, she's a little on the meek and the mild side when you first meet her, but she has so much strength that she gets to kind of discover and embrace over the course of the show. And, like, despite being dead, she has <laughs> such a brilliant character arc and love her. All right. What is your favorite song in the show? Um, Girl Scout or That Beautiful Sound? And my answer is all of them. It's one of my... <laughs> I know I say that for everything, but Beetlejuice is actually one of my favorite, like, full scores of a musical. Like, every single song is, in fact, a banger and makes sense to, like, where the show is going. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, as a whole, it just, it rolls so well. It's just... It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So yes, all of them. And I will not take any constructive criticism at this time. So that's all for our Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice episode. Oh, crap. Now Michael Keaton's in my closet. Uh-oh. <laughs> but we hope you enjoyed another look into one of our favorite spooky musicals. And we hope that you tune in again uh, next week, this week. Well, just stay tuned because we have another exciting episode coming your way leading up to our Halloween special. So you do not want to miss it. Follow us at breakalegblog.com. Woohoo! <laughs> and don't forget, <laughs> break, break a leg. You don't say Beetlejuice three times. Woo! Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. Bye! Bye!